Hi, I'm Karen Crossley, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream, the student athlete experience. In this podcast, we introduce you to leaders in college athletics who are shaping the experience of the student athlete on and off the fields of play. We discuss the challenges and innovations affecting athletics and higher education, and how we can adapt to give student athletes a strong foundation for their futures. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with Pam Goal, Director of Athletics at the University of Sioux Falls. She supervises 17 sports programs in cheerleading, ensures compliance of the NCAA rules, advises coaches and student athletes, and works with the SAAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee leadership, in issues impacting student athletes. She also serves on University of Sioux Falls management's team. Pam earned a bachelor's degree in physical education at Augustana University and a master's degree in sports management from St. Cloud, Minnesota State University. She has been active on USF's campus with service on various committees, such as strategic planning, retention, a university presidential search, NCAA Division II compliance, Title IX efforts, and various hiring committees. In 2018, Pam received the Trustee Award for her outstanding dedication to the University of Sioux Falls. Thank you so much for joining us today, Pam. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. You have a really astounding background in athletic administration and coaching experience. Can you share more about what led you to pursue athletic administration and what particularly drew you to the University of Sioux Falls? When I was completing my uh, graduate school, I read the book, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. I think everyone's familiar with the concept of the book. Uh, it's about accepting change and the necessary, being, ex- being willing and knowing that changing will, change will happen and you have to be willing to adapt. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed coaching and I had some success in it, but I always was thinking about what was next how could I make a bigger impact on a campus community? And what drew me to the University of Sioux Falls is I feel like it had a perfect balance of the small community feel on campus. We have about 1,100 students in our traditional track. I grew up in a town about that same size called Manning, Iowa. So the beauty of it is that it has that small, everybody knows everyone's name around campus feel, but the, then to be in a community like Sioux Falls that keeps growing and is thriving, it, we have a lot to offer our students. Uh, USF was transitioning from NCAA, uh, NAI to NCAA Division II when I came, and NCAA Division II is the level I played college basketball at and coached college basketball at. So I was familiar with the level and also the conference they were joining, the Northern Sun Conference. So I thought it would be a great fit. That's wonderful to be able to find a location where you not only have a, an affinity with your background, but also it's just a great affinity and, and a fit with where you want to be heading with your career. As an athletic director, you were on the search committee for the new president as USF, and now you have the opportunity to participate on President Bradfield's management team. So how has that position influenced you and impacted the athletics department? I feel very fortunate to have been on the search committee for the university president in athletics through recruiting and a lot of hiring we have to do with staff. You get a good sense of a person in a short period of time. Uh, We were blessed that Dr. Bradfield was hired as a university president. He had been at the university since 2000 in a different role. We already knew he was highly involved in all things with USF, and we knew that he would be supportive of the athletic department. I really appreciate being a part of his management team, but his also management style. Um, We don't do things in silos on our campus. He really makes sure that every decision we're making, we're thinking about the impacts it might have. We recently um, made a food service change 
all the people that were involved were a part of making the decision. So that was really helpful. We have over 400 students, uh, student athletes on our campus, which means that we make up about 35% of the traditional track of students. Our board of trustees uh, cares about athletics. Our president cares about athletics and they want us all to be successful. So being able to be a part of the management team has been wonderfully helpful and a real growth opportunity for me professionally. I view myself as a problem solver and to be able to work on things more than just, you know, how do we get enough of this or that for the different sports team, but to be thinking about the problems throughout the university and how we can be uh, help be the solution for the problems. As you mentioned, talking about staff and different hirings that you need to be doing and looking at the larger picture, what is it that you're doing at the University of Sioux Falls to create successful positions for the department and reduce staff turnover, burnout? How are you supporting your, your staff? Well, we're not perfect. I'll just be <laughs> upfront and say that no one's perfect and everyone's having staffing issues at times mm. throughout college campuses and, and I think in the overall um, landscape of hiring. But Our athletic department's mission has four mission statements, a pursuit of excellence, a call to service, a commitment to integrity, and a dedication to family. And we really do try to create a family atmosphere here. Our coaches know that we have to work hard and be willing to do more with less. Um, There are schools in our conference that have enrollment 10 times our size, um, but we use our sizes to our advantage. Our relationships building a sense of belonging, working for a greater purpose is what drives our, our athletic department. Our student athletes and coaches know that they have to work hard. And we know that if they're successful, that our coaches will have other opportunities. And we don't ever hold coaches back. We don't ever guilt trip them or try to throw a bunch of money at them and say, please, please, please stay. If it's part of God's plan for a coach to move on, um, we'll, we'll embrace them and, and say farewell, but not a formal goodbye because we hope that they can come back. One of the most well-known coaches is Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer was uh, the football coach here at the USF. He won three national championships as a coach and one as a student athlete. And now he's the head football coach at the University of Washington. Um, he has been able to move on and and we're just so proud of him. We still feel him as part of the USF family, but he's moved on to another opportunity. That's a great example of your values of the focus on the family. It's, it's, it's contagious here it really is. Uh, and it's not just in athletics. It's around campus that our faculty and staff have been here a long time. Um, it's a coming home when people come back uh, for homecoming or any other time. You mentioned previously other schools in in your conference. So as the University of Sioux Falls is a Division II school, and you talked about the benefits for you personally, what are the benefits for a student athlete to go to a Division II school? And what opportunities might be available to them at USF that might not be available in another division? Division II used to have the model life in a balance. And then a few years ago, they moved to make it yours. But honestly, both, mat- both models still apply. A student athlete here at the Division II level in our conference does less traveling. They, they have a lot of same day trips, so they don't miss as many, many classes. Our student athletes are able to have jobs and have internships. Uh, we don't have training table or mandatory academic success center hours. 
our nursing department here at USF works with our nursing students. If they have to move around clinical dates so that they can get to a competition, they'll work with them. Our education department um, works with our student teachers. If they have to miss some days for competition, they build in days prior to the season or after the season's over so that our student teachers can get in the number of hours that they need. Here in Sioux Falls, we're very fortunate that student teachers, they can have all their placements within the community. And we have two thriving hospitals um, in town. So our nursing clinicals can be here right in town. They don't have to travel for those things. Dr. Bradfield, our president, has worked hard for um, building wonderful workforce development relationships to allow for internships uh, for our students in, in Sioux Falls. So all of those things help them move on to be successful once they leave here. But when they're here, the beauty of the Division II model, it's a partial scholarship model. Most of our student athletes aren't on full rides, but they get some assistance and beyond getting some assistance for schooling, um, they're getting opportunities to play for championships. At the division two level, there's more access for championships than there is at division one level or division three level. Um, so that means that the number of student athletes that we have and the number of people that are allowed to go to championships, uh, that's the smallest ratio. So at our level, you could be a national champion because there's more opportunities. So those are some of the examples why I, I have a real fondness for Division II. I had jobs. I was able to be involved on campus as a student athlete. As a coach, I felt like I could, um, I have two kids and a wonderfully supportive husband. I felt like I could balance it all at, at that level too. That must really add to the sense of community and excitement um, when championships are a possibility, right? That that can build on campus, that can build in the in the community of Sioux Falls. Surely, it is really something to be able to not be some pie in the sky dream. It really is something that could be attainable if you get the right combination of, of winning and uh, hard work. It really can go far. It's often said that this generation of students is perhaps the least confident we've ever seen. In your opinion, have you noticed this to be true? And what is USF doing to help support student athletes' mental health and boost that confidence? I would not characterize our student athletes at USF as being lesser in confidence than in previous generations. I think they're searching for a sense of belonging. And um, we believe that we have a small community feel that helps cultivate that. Our motto on campus is culture for service. And we really do think that if you think about things beyond your narrowness um, and you can think about the great impact you can have, that really helps, helps transform your thinking a bit. The students I interact with are compassionate here at USF, and we have a lot of confident leaders. And it's okay as a confident leader to show that you are vulnerable and you have flaws. And so we have some students that have shared that they struggle with mental health. And I really, I really appreciate that they are forthcoming to be able to share that in, in their communities. When they share that they're struggling mentally, we try to activate and try to get them what they need. So we have a counselor on campus. We partner with some outside counseling services. I would just say that we pay attention. We're watching and, and we're ever present feeling like it needs to be it needs to be known that it's okay to not be okay. And um, that, let us know so we can get you help if you need it. That's the beauty of being in a, a community the size of Sioux Falls, that there are outside resources if we can't provide everything we need to on our campus. 
So with those outside resources, you've also become a certified Green Dot instructor. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is and why was it important to you to become a certified instructor? And then also, how has that influenced your student athletes to be leaders on and off the field? Like I said before, USF is a small community, and I thought it was important for uh, someone from the athletic department to go through the Green Dot training. Green Dot bystander training is a version of see something, say something approach to decreasing the incidence of sexual violence on college campus. I think we all can either think back to our time in, on a college campus or heard a story about if somebody just would have done something, um, and that's what the training does. It, it puts you in some real-life situations where you can think about what would I feel comfortable doing in this situation that might stop an incident of sexual violence. We're really fortunate. When we work with student athletes, a lot of the student athletes we get here at USF have been leaders in high school, then that leadership comes naturally to them here. So if we can get them some training in the green dot and have them be ever vigilant and just looking out, looking out for each other. It's a Christian way of living to be able to um, take care of each other. And, you know, if you see something, say something, do something. Our campus is four blocks away from another campus here in Sioux Falls. There's some intermingling at times and our student athletes, we just encourage them to take care of each other. That's what we really do. With your encouragement of the student athletes and the general population of the students, what advice do you give to young people contemplating their future in athletics, whether that be future student athletes, current student athletes, or even young administrators looking to work their way up? If I was talking to high school students, I would tell them there are plenty of opportunities to play in college if you want to. You don't have to wait to be found in the old days. I think you had to wait and see if somebody, you know, your coach would get a hold of somebody at a college or something like that. With technology now, you can get film clips out and, and you can use Twitter to message coaches. You can use that social media platform to get attention for yourself. But you have to be willing to look at all the levels between JUCO, NAI, and all three levels of the NCAA. There are plenty of places to play. And many colleges are looking to use their athletic departments as ways to boost their enrollment. I'm familiar with a Division three school not far from here that has 42 members of their basketball team. It's a JV team and a varsity team, but uh, there are opportunities. There are, there are ways to stay connected to athletics. If you're a college student wanting to go on and have a career in athletics, or if you're somebody who out of high school, you're, you don't feel like you want to dedicate yourself to playing, but you're still interested in athletics, every athletic department has internships, whether they're paid or not paid. You still just get in the room, learn from people, get, get some exposure, find out what you're interested in. Always with young people, they, the trick is to find work that doesn't seem like work. If you can enjoy yourself and you know it's going to be a long day, we're going to be at the ball field or at the arena for eight hours, but the time goes fast because you're enjoying yourself and you believe in what you're doing. That's the real trick to being um, successful and enjoying your professional experience. So that's what I'd encourage young people to do. That's really great advice to, to be proactive about putting yourself out there for, for anybody at any age, be proactive and get yourself in that room. That's really great advice. So this podcast is called Rebuilding the American Dream, the Student Athlete Experience. What does that American Dream mean to you? I think the American Dream is that anything is possible if you're willing to work for it. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that, that this American Dream definition that I just shared works for everyone. I know that there are certain obstacles and challenges that many individuals have 
that you can't hard work yourself out of. But have a lot of optimism for um, the future of the American dream. I think the current student athletes we have, they have shown a resiliency throughout the pandemic and an ability to adapt and a strength in following their convictions that's better than what my generation did. And so I'm excited about um, moving forward where the American dream will go uh, with our current student athletes when they are leaders in the C-suite, as they say. That's a great redefinition of the American dream, just to have a lot of hope for what the future could mean for the American dream. Uh, It's just such a blessing to be able to come and witness the growth of students from the time when they're freshmen, nervous, scared, don't know what's going on to when they get to be um, seniors and they're ready to take on the world. It's, It's a neat transition to watch in person and so fun when they come back and tell you all the things that they've been doing. That must be really rewarding. Well, Pam, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. We really appreciate you joining us here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to me, Karen Crossley of Degree Insurance, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream, the Student Athlete Experience. Find out more on our website, americandream.fm, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Degree Insurance. Until next time, goodbye.